Make Things Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look at the modern entertainment industry. I'm your host, Christopher Natsume. The internet knows me better as Night Squirrels. So, I'm recording this on March 4th which means the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco is just over and people are all returning home. And I have to tell you, I spent a lot of last week being really happy that I wasn't going through American customs. I was reading my Facebook and it was story after story of friends of mine coming from France or coming from Thailand or coming from other countries and 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 realizing that immigration was something very different than it had been before, that the questions were harder, that the the feeling was different, that the attitudes of the immigration officials were different. And if it were just one or two people, it would have been nothing. But it was enough people that it got me really to thinking. And I woke up yesterday morning and I was reading some articles and there's one that really kind of uh, kind of jumped out at me. And, and it was that I guess the European Union is now talking about requiring Americans to get visas to go to Europe for the first time in a very, very long time. Right now, obviously, if you want to go to Europe, there's a visa waiver program and, you know, they don't have to get visas to come here, blah, 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 blah. But I guess there's like, this, and, and apparently this has been going on for a couple of years. They've been negotiating. There's like a couple of these EU countries, that's like Romania and Bulgaria and a couple of those other little places. And I guess those places don't have some shit that America wants them to have. And so they're not allowing them to come without visas. And the EU says, well, they're EU countries. And if you want to come to EU without a visa, then you got to let those people in because of reciprocity and all that. Blah, 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 blah. Political bullshit, right? Uh, the short version is Romania's fucked it up for everybody. And goddamn you, Romania. But no, I mean, the, the point is, um, suddenly we're in this world where we're actually talking about that thing happening. Um, and and I, I, I read a couple other articles, I, I, and, and they just all have sort of built up in me. And... I, I have to talk about them, and I try not to get political on this podcast, but this is somewhere where it's actually really starting to affect me, it's starting to affect uh, the entertainment industry, and it, and it's something that I think this blog needs to talk about, this is this is some shit. Um, there, was a, there was an author, an Australian children's author, her name was Mem Fox, um, and I guess, I've never heard of her, but apparently she's apparently a really popular person in Australia, I guess, you know, wallabies and kangaroos and shit, I don't know what she writes, but I guess she wrote a book called Possum Magic and a couple other things that were big. Anyway, she was coming over to do some sort of book tour, and I guess she was held at the border and questioned and made to feel like a real piece of shit by U.S. immigration and I, I, I guess she's, you know, she's a sensitive folks. And, and she went home after that and just cried and wept. And like, I, I've never been treated like this before. And, you know, I, I, it, I, I do have to say, if the worst thing that ever happened to you is being questioned by immigration for 15 minutes, uh, I want your life, Memfox. I want to have that. But that being said, there's no fucking reason why you would treat an Australian middle-aged children's author with the kind of treatment that she got. And it, and it seemed a little bit ridiculous that that and 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 she came out of it with the with the with the basic statement of I'm never going to America again and this is a woman that by her own accord has been to America over a hundred times right this is a woman who knows our country well this is not somebody who's ignorant about America this is a person who's been here a lot who sells books here who who knows what there is to know about America and she after that experience was like you know what fuck these people and fuck this place 
Um, there was another story that I read uh, recently, and this was a scholar. He was a French Holocaust historian, uh, and he was asked to speak at a symposium at Texas A&M. And when he came over to speak at this symposium, uh, I guess they held him up in Houston and basically told him, yeah, you're not going to come in. You don't have the right visa. You're on the next plane back to France. And he uh, he was in the position that he did have, you know, connections at Texas A&M University, and he was going there to give a lecture, and he called up the university, and they came and sorted it out. But I guess there was a, a reasonable point of this process where he was getting ready to get detained and go back home. And, you know, while he's, while he's you know, doing this, he's witnessing what other people are going through. And, you know, he's a relatively... Uh, wealthy guy. This is a, this is a guy who's got connections. He's coming in linked to a university. Obviously, it's some shit that he's going to sort out. But I, you know, he wondered uh, in 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 the article, what about the people that I saw there in immigration with me who didn't speak English as well as I do? What about people who come from poorer countries? What about people who don't have somebody on the other side trying to help them get in? What is this going to be like for them? And, and, you know, it's, and, 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 you know, I actually, in one of my earlier podcasts, talked about seeing immigration in Germany really changing and, and, and the level of scrutiny that I witnessed a bunch of Turkish people go through while I, as a white person, didn't have to go through that. Um, I had another friend who was surprised going from San Francisco to uh, Vancouver, of all places, uh, witnessed uh, a level of, of scrutiny getting through immigration in Canada that he had never been uh, privy to before. So it's not purely an American problem, but it does seem to be stemming from America. There seems to be a root to it. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, dude, this is not new. This is this has been going on forever. I don't know why you're getting all cheesed off about it now. And there is some truth to that. Now, and, and I know this because I run a studio that's half full of Filipinos, and I don't know if you've ever tried to get a visa for a young, single female Filipino. It is an abusive process. I, I you know, I, I've, I've had you know, a number of designers and artists and people involved in our projects that I've had to get into Europe, that I've had to get into uh, America. And every time it's been this long, painful process of explaining, no, 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 they're not going to get a job while they're there. No, no. I actually, one time, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I had to answer someone asking me, how do they know that my designer, my, my fully qualified professional video game designer who happened to be a young single female, how am I, how can I prove to them that she's not going to get engaged in sex work while she is in America? I actually had to answer that question once. And you, you, you look at that and you say, wow, that is, that is racist and sexist and, and fuck some other ists. That's, that's some isty shit. I mean that you're like fucking, how can this even be? But it is, and that's been the reality for a very long time. And and what's different now is somehow people are taking it seriously right now. I want to talk about one more thing before I, I, I get to my, 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 my analysis. And, and those of you who live in America or give a fuck about America have heard this story already. There were a couple gentlemen in a restaurant in Kansas, and they were Indian gentlemen, and they were having their, their engineers, just fucking normal engineer dudes uh, that happened to be Indian. And they were having dinner. And some racist motherfucker comes up to him, starts screaming and yelling at him. Some other American dude gets up and says, hey, chill out. And this ends with a racist dude shooting and killing 
one of the Indian dudes, uh, shooting and wounding the other Indian dude, and shooting and wounding the American who got involved and, and tried to get people to stop being a racist to these, these Indian guys. Um, this is real shit. I mean, that's, that's a, those are people dying. Uh, and, and apparently the, the last thing that the shooter said before uh, he shot and killed one of these gentlemen was, get out of my country. This is real. This is happening right now. And again, someone's going to say to me, Chris, that's not new. People have been killed for racist reasons in America for years. And you're absolutely right. People have been, people have been killed for being black or Indian or Muslim at the wrong place at the wrong time for, it's a tradition in America. This is probably not the first time this happened this year. Certainly not the first time it happened this year. Probably not the first time it happened this month. Probably not even the first time it's happened this week. Probably some dude's been shot in America for being black in the wrong place since this shooting happened and I just haven't read about it. That's probably true. What's different, though, what's, what's changed um, is the level of empowerment that's happening right now. And, it, and it's not purely an American problem, but it is becoming a specifically American problem. It's becoming particularly bad in America. And, and, and this is what's, what's, what's shocking me is the way that this is becoming a new normal. The, 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 the level of equivocation and rationalization and normalization that this is taking on. People who, who find themselves suddenly on the side of the racists and answering for the racists and saying, no, this is all okay. What's the big deal? So, so Mem Fox had to go through 15 minutes of hard questioning when she went through immigration. This is what it takes to have secure borders. Really? Really, really, you're on the side of of fucking running your 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 children's author, you know, harmless looking Australian chick through the ringer. That that really, you're that that you're on that side, right? You're really on the side of the 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 guy who wants to come over and give a lecture about the Holocaust from France, saying that he needs to get put back on a plane just because that's how we keep ourselves safe. Really, is that really that that's that's normal now? That's that's legit that we we're having that conversation now. This, this bullshit of, if we don't have secure borders, we're not a nation. I don't know how many times I've heard that statement. Have you fucking been to Europe? Have you, do you know what the border between Belgium and, and Holland looks like? It, it's a fucking line. You walk across it with a beer. You don't, this idea that we have to put up walls and segregate people to be safe. The, the, the world doesn't have to be like that. This is some bullshit thing that they've convinced you. And, and we are normalizing it. Every day we go through, we rationalize it and we normalize it. Oh, we have to have secure borders. You don't have to, there's no secure border between France and Germany. Somehow they managed to survive, right? This idea that this, that somehow this is what's required to be safe. You know, I, I've been through more customs than most people. I, I travel 100,000 miles or more every year. I go all around the world, Thailand and Indonesia and Malaysia and Singapore and Japan and Korea and China and, and Europe and America. I, I, I've been to a lot of fucking places. I've been through a lot of immigration. And I can tell you flat out, without a shadow of a doubt, the rudest, shittiest, most invasive fucked up, irritating immigration in the world is American immigration. And there are countries that are safe, that don't have terrible shit happening, that manage to do immigration with some sense of reasonable justice to human beings, treating people like real human beings. I go through immigration in Japan at least, oh shit, six, seven times a year. 
And so I've, I've been through that so many times that I have a pretty damn good idea of what Japanese immigration is like. And do you know what it's like? Reasonably fast, relatively efficient, uh, actually really polite, and uh, pretty normal. And, and, you know, this is a country that has secure borders. This is a country that, you know, manages to keep out most of the drugs and keep out most of the guns, and they do it with some reasonable... Now, admittedly, they're an island, and I get that it's easier when you're an island. I get it's easy when there's not a big land border and all that other shit. But the, 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 the difference is the, the attitude. I, I'll tell you, there was, a, there was a bunch of videos recently. There were, there were two incidents... Uh, and, and I, I, I should look them up, but I don't, I don't actually want to see them again. Um, there were two incidents that happened in planes and they were cases in which people were being really abusive, racist pieces of shit in planes. And the plane said, you know, the people who ran the plane said, uh, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna take off with you in this plane. And they forced them out of the plane. And in the, the and, and then these, these were, this wasn't just like the plane being like, you know, hey, we don't, we don't like that you voted for Trump, get off the plane. This was like people actually causing a commotion and being, you know, loud, abusive racists while they're traveling because apparently, Plane travel isn't nearly stressful enough without calling the guy behind you a raghead. Apparently, that's something you got to do to get off some steam in the modern world. I fuck, I don't understand. But in any case, in one of these cases, when they were dragging, it was this very uh, this racist couple that was getting dragged off a plane, and somebody recorded it on video. And I watched the video because apparently I hate myself. And I, it was the look in their face. It was the look of. Yeah, we have absolutely no shame for what we're doing here. Well, you know, the woman was like flipping off the camera and the dude was like, yeah, well, this is our world now. This is our country. I don't remember what the fuck he said. And I don't want to repeat what he said, but I remember it being something along the lines of, you know, I have absolutely no regret for what I've just done. Um, that was the deeper meaning to whatever the fuck racist bullshit was coming out of his mouth at the time. But it was the look on their face, the smug self-satisfied look of somebody who knew he was in the right and he was going to be vindicated and he was going to be justified. The, the, the self-satisfied look of somebody who was convinced that the world had changed and he was in the right. And this is what scares me. This is what scares me more than anything else because this is going to change everything for everyone and, and especially for those of us who work in the entertainment industry. The entertainment industry is one of the most international industries in the world. As, as, as a video game developer, let me run you through my world. I'm an American married to a Japanese person living in Japan. My business is a Singaporean business. My business partner is a Norwegian married to a Singapore living in Singapore. I've got people working in Indonesia and the Philippines and Vietnam and uh, Thailand and uh, I forget how many countries, uh, uh, Russia, um, I'm forgetting places, Singapore, I have a, I have a company in, in America, I pay taxes in three countries, I pay tax in Japan, Singapore, and I mean, I, I file taxes in, in three different locations, and I'm a little tiny business, right, when you look at bigger businesses, you know, if, if, if you were to go look at who listens to this podcast, there's over 50 nations that have listened to this podcast already. And this is not a big podcast. This is a little tiny bullshit podcast. There are over 50 different nations that have listened to this podcast so far. There, there, 
this this industry that we work in we sell games around the world most of the stuff we've done has been translated into 10 languages or more we are an international business and for us to succeed as an international business we have to be working with people all around the world when i was at casual connect i met with people from from denmark and from uh, uh from iran and from Egypt, I met people from from Japan and Germany and, and, and all around the world, and all of them had interesting things to say. I went to lectures from people all around the world. And in this world that we're creating, this world where everywhere we're putting up new borders and we're putting up new walls and we're putting up new restrictions and we're putting up all of these new ways to keep those people out. Just like that racist motherfucker said before he shot those Indian dudes, get out of my country. As we continue to build all of these ways, as we as we vote to leave the EU because we want our own little England, because we want to keep those foreigners out of our country, as we make all of these changes we are closing down the world and we're closing down opportunity, not just for immigrants, but for those of us who have businesses and lives that actually require international relations, right? After the, after the Indian guys were shot, um, the father of the, the gentleman who died uh, appealed, he, he put out a, a press notice and he said, I appeal to all the parents in India not to send their children to the U.S., this is something he said, and I and I feel him. I fucking feel him. You know what? If I had sent my kid to, I don't know, pick a fucking country, to Ukraine, and, and some Ukrainian had gotten up in a restaurant and said, get out of my country, and shot him in the face, I probably would say, you know what? You probably shouldn't fucking go to Ukraine. That would that would be a very reasonable reaction for somebody who, who had been through that. And there's going to be a lot of people who look at this. There's going to be a lot of people who, you know, Mem Fox talks to who are going to say, you know what, maybe maybe that book tour I was going to do in the States, maybe I can do without that. Maybe when, maybe when, uh, when what was his name, Henry Russo, I believe, um, that was his name, uh, Henry Russo, I, when he goes back to France after giving his lecture at uh, Texas A&M and getting his, getting his honorarium and whatnot, maybe he's going to be like, hey, I'm not going to go be a visiting professor at an American university anymore because that shit sucks. Um, there are going to be a lot of people who are, who are just going through customs are going to ask themselves, if I want to take this job in America, bringing the, the quality of my research and the work that I've done, bringing all of this opportunity to America with me, do I really want to take that job in America and have to go through customs and, and get you know, put through this ridiculous bullshit every single time I come into the country? Is that a thing that I want to deal with? Probably not. Maybe I should take that job back home. The, these things, these decisions are going to be made and it's going to have a real effect. And, and for me personally, and, and, you know, sure, this, this podcast is about the entertainment industry and everything like, but it's also about my life and, and me, I'm, I'm an American living overseas. And I have to think about this really seriously as well. I have to think about what does this mean to me when I come in and out of customs, when I come in and out of immigration? Oh, but Chris, you're an American citizen. Yeah, my kids aren't. Well, actually, my kids are, but they're also Japanese citizens. My wife certainly is not an American citizen. And so now I have to think, how often do I want to go back to America? How often do I want to bring my wife through that and subject her to that bullshit? Maybe it's easier to go somewhere else. And... and I don't want to extrapolate too far. I don't want to go down the 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 road of talking about you know Hitler and Nazis and but but I do have to say 
If you had asked me even five years ago that we would be having this discussion, if you had told me five years ago we were going to be having a real discussion about building an enormous wall on the southern border of America, if we were going to be having a real discussion about how the president of America is going to try for the second time to create some form of blanket ban to keep people of a certain religion or type out of our country, if you had told me that that shit was happening, I would not have believed you five years ago. If you had told me that I would be reading articles about a man who stands up and because he thinks a couple Indian gentlemen or Iranian shoots them and kills one of them while screaming out, get out of my country, I, I probably would have said, yeah, that shit doesn't happen very often. But now I have to think, yeah, that, that shit's probably going to happen more often. And and as I see the, the, the sort of uh, rhetoric that's happening in America, this, this, this demonization of things foreign that has become more and more normalized and rationalized. And especially for me personally, as I see the continuing anti-Chinese rhetoric that is being spewed by our government and how we have to stand up against China, I am relatively certain that within the period of this next four years of American presidency, we are going to see an increased amount of supported from the very, very top racism against Chinese people. And I know you're like, but Chris, you're not Chinese and your family's not Chinese. But you know what? Those dudes who shot those Indian dudes thought that they were fucking Iranian. And if you think the average American redneck knows the fucking difference between a Chinese person and a Japanese person, I tell you that you haven't spent very much time around the average redneck or Chinese people or Japanese people. And even if that weren't the case, even if even if this 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 redneck absolutely knew that my family was Japanese, even if they were like, I don't like them goddamn Matsumotos, I will remind you that in the history of America, short of the enslavement of black people or the genocide we inflicted on the Native Americans, probably the worst thing that we've done to a single racial group was the internment of the Japanese people during World War II. And I go back to my earlier statement. I'm not, I'm not, I'm reasonably certain we're not going to go, you know, putting people in internment camps. And I'm reasonably certain that they're not going to start rounding up foreigners. But you know what? If you had talked to somebody from America in 1937 and said to him, within the next five years, we are going to go to immigrant families in California and Washington and Oregon and all around America, and we're just going to pick up Japanese people with no warning and send them to camps in Utah and have them lose all of their possessions and lose their businesses, and we're going to do that with absolutely no way for them to appeal or talk to a lawyer or anything like that. If you had told somebody in 1937 that that thing was about to happen in five years, I doubt most of those people would have believed you. I certainly doubt that the Japanese people would have believed you because I'm pretty certain had you had, had Japanese people in 1937 believed that that was going to happen, they probably would have done some shit about it, like pack up their shit and go the fuck back to Japan or or protest their government or something. Right. I mean, I, I, I find it difficult to believe that in 1937, if they genuinely believed that that thing was about to happen, that they would have just sat around and quietly waited for it to happen. I have to believe in 1937, Japanese people did not believe it would ever get as bad as it did. And that brings me to right now and the equivocation that we're having in this country and the rationalization that we're having, that it's not going to get that bad, that this is all normal, that this is all okay. And it's, and again, it's not just America, but I'm American and I'm seeing it in America more than anywhere else. This 
normalization of what's going on right now is deeply, deeply, deeply disturbing to me. And while I know that this is a podcast about entertainment and I know that I don't want to talk too much about this kind of stuff here, we have to be honest with ourselves that this affects us in the entertainment industry. And not only that, if we as entertainers are not approaching these subjects, then what the fuck are we making entertainment for? If we are working artists, working artists have to speak to the current culture and the current environment that they are working in, and this is a fucked up culture and a fucked up environment. And it's growing more fucked up by the day. So I know a lot of people uh, from various companies and whatnot have put together their, like, you know, two-minute speech of solidarity, and this is why we're against what's happening and why we're against the Muslim ban or whatever. Um, Assume that this is my version of that. Uh, Mine was 25 minutes long, but you know what? I do a podcast, and that's that's the format that I work in. If anybody would like to know... Uh, does this represent the views of Boomzap as a company? Um, I don't know. Uh, I bet Alan would agree with most of this. He can mention in the comments about whether or not he does. I bet most of my staff would agree with this, but I certainly don't. I don't pretend to speak for everybody. Uh, but this, um, this is sort of kind of what what we've talked about. But it certainly does uh, reflect my viewpoint on these issues, and I stand behind everything I just said. So, yeah, there's that. That's what we have for you this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you are enjoying it, you know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to whatever it is that you use for social media. I don't care. Email. AOL. Uh, MySpace. What? I don't know what. Facebook. Grinder. Wherever you go. Go give us a bunch of stars. Tell your friends. Share this thing. And make sure that uh, we keep growing our audience so that I can do more of this stuff. And we'll see you on the next episode.